Welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Alicia. Greatness is a decision and your birthright. You deserve to love the woman looking back at you in the mirror. This show is for the purpose-driven female entrepreneur who is committed to only counting the time she gets back up. The woman who is ready to ignite the flame within, find her voice, and use the power of her story to transform the lives of those around her. This is your weekly fuel to inspire you to action, where I'll be sharing inspirational stories, real talks with thought leaders and successful entrepreneurs from around the world, and provide you with actionable success strategies for creating a business you love. I'm a content marketing coach, and I'm committed to helping you as an online creator and entrepreneur wherever you are to turn your dreams into a reality, to help you transform your messaging so you can create a genuine connection with your audience and grow your income online. You are far more powerful and stronger than you will ever imagine. We are the warriors. You were born for this. Let's make life your bitch. Hello and welcome to the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Alicia, and today I have Candice Patrick with me, and she is the owner and creator of Journey With Your Soul, and she is a corporate escapee. She does shadow work, and on the episode today, she's going to share all about her own journey and really talk about shadow work and how it's nothing to be afraid of, that it's so exciting. And Candice, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. (laughs) Yes, I'm excited to have you too. I've been looking forward to this. So for yourself, how did you get started into shadow work? How did it unfold within your life? How did you come come to getting into shadow work? So it's really interesting. I actually had been doing it for years and didn't even realize what shadow work was at the time. It wasn't like a defined thing in my world. I was just facing my fears head on because I had no other option other than to grow. And um, the easiest way to do that was to just start facing my fears when something triggered me. It made me realize I'm like, oh, there's a uh, there's something to be learned there. So instead of getting upset about it, it's time to go explore it. So I started facing my fears head on and really dove deep into that in 2019 and 2020. Um, 2019, when I started my business and just <laughs> left the corporate <laughs> world and started my own thing and like prayed for the best. Um, and then it just turned into that's what I did. And then I started showing people how to do that. And then come to find out that's what shadow work is um, in a <laughs> very loose term, but it goes layers and layers deeper of that, but that's kind of how I started into shadow work. Yeah. And I can totally relate to that with a lot of the like healing and teachings and that kind of stuff that I do with my clients and stuff that I've done with myself. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe I go get work done with someone and I'm like, oh, I know what this is because I've just been doing it. I didn't realize that's what this is. (laughs) And so what led you to starting your business? Because I truly believe that, you know, we, sometimes I hear people say like their I help statement, but they don't really see how it actually connects to their story. But for me as a projector, I'm like, I see it. It makes sense. And so what really got you? Cause like you said, you were doing the shadow work and as you're like on your own and stuff, why were you doing the shadow work to begin with? Yeah. So this goes back several years. Um, I, my whole kind of healing journey, um, has, I've been experiencing things all my life spiritually, um, and accessing gifts, but I didn't really know what they were. Um, and then in 
2016, I was super sick. I was in and out of the hospital um, and spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on medical tests. And the doctors thought I was crazy. It was all in my head uh, because all my tests were coming back normal. And, but I couldn't make it into work. Like I was physically so ill, I couldn't make it into work. So I left the hospital side and I went to the holistic side and had a Reiki session. During the Reiki session, I found out that I was an empath and there were past life things going on in my world um, with my partner at the time. I'm getting like chills right now, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when I was this partner that I was with, it was a very toxic relationship. um, And we both knew we needed out. Like we'd broken up numerous times. He had moved out numerous times, but we described it as it seemed like there was a cord still connected and um, we couldn't figure out how to cut that cord. Like there was something just holding us together. So when I had the Reiki session, she brought up the past lives and realized that there was past lives affecting my partner and I. So I talked to him about it and he doesn't believe in any of this stuff, but he was like, all right, well, let's check it out. So we did a reading together. And in that reading, um, there were five lifetimes that came through that we had shared together. And so we read the results together and both started crying. And within a week, he was out of my life forever, peacefully. Um, So in that moment, I'm like, okay, there's some kind of magic to this. There's some kind of healing going on. And that really triggered me to dive even deeper into my healing. It kind of exploded my world with all of this spiritual yumminess. And I'm like, what is even out here? Um, So I started learning more about past lives and um, doing readings for myself and exploring deeper and deeper. And then I started doing them for other people. And then I got into crystals and crystals started helping me um, because now my physical symptoms started disappearing now that that partner was gone because it was I was absorbing. He was really sick with um, his own illness kind of things like long term illness. And I was absorbing all of his symptoms. Um, So when he was out of the picture, a lot of that went away. And then it was just stress and anxiety and um, insecurities and worthiness things going on in my world. Um, So I started meditating and understanding more about that. And when I would come home from work, um, I was pretty much putting myself back through school in my own way, like learning numerology and learning astrology and human design. And I dove like way deep um, in like 2017, got certified with Reiki um, and kind of just went like all in and realized I was feeling better and better and better. And um, the only problem was that I was still binge eating to help uh, cope with the stress of the corporate world. Um, So at the office I was in, I loved the people, I loved the work that I did, but the environment in itself was so full of ego and um, competition and just really toxic things. It didn't matter how many crystals I put in my office or how many (laughs) times a day I meditated, things were not getting better. Um, And as I started raising my own vibration through my own healing process, as it works, you start no longer tolerating things in your life. Um, And one of the things that I was no longer tolerating was disrespect. And I was feeling that every day in the office. So I was meditating before work, on lunch, on the way home, well, once I got home, and then I was still so exhausted that I couldn't even like make dinner. So I was just ordering food and binge eating and I was drinking and I was smoking and doing all these things just to like survive. And I got to the point that it felt like my soul was dying every day. So um, I had saved up enough money that if I 
left my job, I'd be able to afford my house and my car and my pets and live the same lifestyle for a year um, if I didn't make a penny more in my business, knowing that the first year is typically not going to make any money. <laughs> um, so I did, and I gave this seven-week notice and left my job, started my own company. Like It was, I think, January 4th of 2019. I went full-time into my company started my first day and I was like, this is amazing. And I worked like 17 <laughs> hours and I was lit up and excited. And day two, I cried for three months. <laughs> what the hell did I just do? I just gave up all my security and everything I knew for what? Um, and fell deep into scarcity fears. So, um, <laughs> which then I realized at that time, I'm like, okay, well, I'm afraid to spend money on business cards to promote my business we've got to work through this fear. So I started looking at it head on. And one night I was actually scrolling through Instagram like we do. And I saw this really pretty blue lake and I'm like, oh, I'm going to screenshot that, add it to my bucket list. And maybe one day I'll get there. Um, and then it hit me. I'm like, well, what am I waiting for? I have no kids. I have no husband. I just quit my office job. I can take my computer with me anywhere because I really don't even know what I'm doing at this point. I was just offering like Reiki sessions and past life readings. But I was still like trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and I think that's an ever evolving journey as entrepreneurs. It's almost like just when we think we know it, it's like, I don't know about you, but the millennial in me gets a little bit bored and I'm like, let me add on something else. And like, I'm also that person who has been guilty of like, let's burn it to the ground and start again because oh, of trauma. Totally because and like you know for me it's like it's because of trauma it's like we thrive and it's like how low can I go to like have my own comeback story and so I know a lot of women that I work with often there's like this underlying trauma that has got them to where they are and it's like okay but we need to like not burn shit to the ground in order right. to be successful in your business. It's like, let's add something in. But when we add it in, can we not remove everything else? Right, right. <laughs> it's definitely something that every like few months, I'm like, we're going to burn everything down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, definitely. I kind of like spend a few days there. And then I'm like, all right, it's working for me. I just need to look at it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, so they definitely familiar with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but yeah, so I was like, I have a puppy that likes to travel and I have a tent that I'd never used before when we had to figure it out. I looked up where this place was and it was in Canada in um, Banff, actually, National Park over in Alberta. And I was in North I'm Carolina. In, I'm in Saskatchewan, Canada. Oh, so that's like, I think it's like nine hours from me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, I love that area up there. Um, so I told my family, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to face my fears. I'm going to go check this place out because I can work on the way and just see what happens. And like, it's going to force me to spend money that I'm afraid to spend. So I'm going to have to like work through the fear of it. And my dad's like, he looked at the map and he's like, yeah, we'll see you in a couple of days. Yeah. Um, you're, you're going where to Canada? Like, right. Okay. <laughs> so I go up through Niagara Falls and like I cross into the border and I'm on E on my gas tank in my little car. And I pull into this gas station and it was now it was in a different currency and a different um, measuring unit. And I was like, this is too expensive. Pulled back out of the parking lot of the gas station. And I like stopped. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, I, I don't even know how expensive this is. And what am I going to do? Just drive across Canada on E? Like at some point, I'm just going to have to 
So I faced the fear, got the gas, and I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. And then I continued on, and it was like the whole journey was facing fear after fear after fear. I ended up gone 61 days. I went 15,000 miles and went all the way across to Vancouver Island and then down into Washington and all the way back. Came home, and I was like, I don't want my house anymore. <laughs> like, there's, I lived out of my car for two months using half the stuff that I thought I was going to use. Why do I even have a house? And um, that turned into a whole thing of, selling my house, which turned into a 16 month battle. That is a huge thing. And I end up talking about that in my book that's coming out, but, um, and what's your book, um, that's coming out. What's the, what's it called? So people can look for it. So it's called the descent to find the light. And it's all about the healing journey and how nothing is linear. It's like waves and cycles. And we think we've healed through something and then we go 10 layers deeper. And then, uh, you know, we do good for a while and we're like, ah, oh, we're beautiful. Everything's light and beautiful. And then you spend like two weeks on the floor crying and feeling like you're broken. And, and <laughs> it's, it's actually the, the intimate raw journals from my life. I, I journaled nearly every single day in 2020 um, from my birthday to my birthday. And so each piece of this, um, the journals are in there with reflections on like, this is what was actually happening and what people are actually going through and how using certain tools really shifted my life and other, you know, you can also see the wounds that were, it's cringeworthy actually sometimes reading it at myself and being like, oh, I can't believe like I didn't pick up on that, but how the ego manipulates you and, you know, all of these different pieces. So the book is going to be like super transformational for the women that read it um, because it talks a lot about womb healing and about shadow work in general and really just facing your fears and getting clear on what it is that you're looking for um, so that you can move forward. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. And um, so I sold my house and made home base with my parents because I was going to travel full time. And um, then COVID happened and shut down the borders. So I was like, I guess I'm staying with my parents for a while. And <laughs> then they moved to Florida to this giant retirement community. And I'm like, I guess I'm going to Florida. So here I am in Florida. And I'm like, what the heck am I doing down here? But the universe always pulls <laughs> us where it's meant to be. So um, in the meantime, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I feel like so many questions have gone through my mind. And I'm like, oh, I want to ask her this and this and this. Um, but first off, what per like um what human design are you? I am a generator. Okay. Most of the people that I like have interacted with on the podcast have been projectors, but it's like now it's starting to move into the manifesting generators and the generators. So I'm like, this is cool because it's different than what I am. You know, I'm that person who like sees the big picture of things. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, and then with your crystals, how have you been able to utilize your crystals along the way? Because one of the things when it comes to manifestation for myself is that I've really learned that we all need to figure out our own way of doing it. But we need, like, as long as you understand why someone else is doing what they're doing energetically, it's like, okay, what can I implement into my life to feel that way too? Because I, I have a laugh when people are like, you have to do like my manifestation routine. And then people are like, you know, I've, I've done that like multiple peoples where I'm just like, and I'm sitting there meditating. I'm like, this shit isn't working. And I'm like, I meditate, but it's like, you know, right. those kinds of things. So I always laugh when like there's reels that I'm creating right now based around that, like, and the joke around, like, why isn't it working? So for you, um, with crystals and stuff, is there any like 
information that you can give to women so that they can maybe utilize them in their own way? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's like one of my passions. It's, it's funny, you know, I started my business doing Reiki and past lives and then it morphed into as I was doing past life readings and the, you know, the Reiki sessions, the, you know, spirit was like, they need to use some crystals or offer this meditation. And then they were like, well, where do I get them? I'm like, well, I'll get them for you. So, you know, you're getting authentic crystals. And then it turned into me having a crystal shop. <laughs> um, yeah, and your, your crystal shop is, I know it's on Facebook in a group because I've been in there and it's amazing watching you do it. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anywhere else that they can would like your crystal shop is as well? It's online. It's on my website. Um, I do the, in my raise your vibes community, which is like my free little positive soul community. Um, I do specials with the live um, crystal shop in there. Now that I'm here, I've been offering some in-person things, but most of my shop, because I travel so much, I don't need a storefront. Like I just kind of keep it here. And, um, I've been playing matchmaker. That's like actually my favorite thing with the crystals is to play the matchmaker. Like come to me with your emotional needs or your like physical needs. And I'll help you find the right crystal that's calling for you. And I actually like take pictures of them so they can select which one specifically is calling to them, which is pretty cool. Um, but my passion has turned into really teaching, people how to use these tools to help themselves when they feel stuck. So they don't feel like they need to reach out to a coach or a mentor or a healer every time that they're feeling yuck um, because that gets really expensive and it just, it's a disempowering to feel like you need somebody else than yourself. So I started teaching the education and with the crystals, um, I think like the beautiful thing about it is really when you understand that everything is frequencies and everything is energy, um, the, you know, the crystals will call to you based on what your energy is. So you can be looking for like red Jasper because you read online that it's going to be really good for stability and for grounding. But then you walk into a shop and serpentine calls you and it's really good for opening the heart. And maybe the opening the heart is the reason that you're lacking the financial resources because you're not open to receiving. So there's so many different ways that like the crystals kind of work with each other. But um, I think my number one tip with that is to just be open with them. Crystals don't work for everybody. You, you know, if you, some people just don't have any interest in them, um, which is fine. Like there's certain things that I've learned about that doesn't do anything for me. I'm aware that it's out there, but I'm like, man, it's not really my thing. So, you know, but just being open to different things that are out there because maybe one day it'll spark your interest. Um, like I went through, when I started learning about like numerology, like learned all about it and then I put it away for like three years and like this does nothing for me and then all of a sudden I read a post one day that some one of my mentors had posted about I don't know something about numerology and it made me want to go back to my notes and then all of a sudden I'm like this suddenly makes sense this suddenly resonates with me um so things are constantly shifting in that way but with crystals I think it's really about just feeling what calls to you um I've you know I have so many different crystals. Actually, I have this one sitting right next to me, um, which is Chrysacola. And I actually mm -hmm. got it in Jasper on that crazy Canada trip. I had no idea what it was, but it was pretty and it was staring at me on the shelf and I'm like, I need it. And then I started blogging about my trips and I started doing video blogs about where I was and what was going on. And then by the time I got home, it turned into this whole new business of sharing my journeys because people were healing through hearing, you know, my authentic truth of what's going on in the world and with myself and how I worked through self-soothing when, you know, I didn't have cell service or radio or internet. And I was just there stranded in the middle of Canada. Um, 
and like in the middle of nowhere and I'm just okay I got to figure it out myself I guess um so I did a lot of healing but chrysocolla is the communication stone and I didn't realize that till I got home I'm like oh no wonder I started blogging um so now I keep that one by me all the time but um but yeah so the crystals are just they'll they'll call to you or they won't call to you and to not really force it you know you can buy crystals that aren't calling to you and maybe you know three months down the road they might actually you know then start working with you but the cool thing is they they do their own job just having them in your room like that's you don't have to do anything to activate the crystal you can just set it in your space and it's going to naturally just start um elevating your vibration to whatever that crystal's frequency is so that's kind of a lot of my clients are brand new to energy so i start them with a crystal i'm like just put this in your pocket for two weeks just like or put it in your bra whatever works for you in your purse but don't let it get lost like way in the bottom mm-hmm. um and just let me know how it goes for two weeks. If it doesn't do anything for you, cool. Just set it on your shelf and it looks pretty. Um, and they'll call back in two weeks and be like, oh my gosh, I got a promotion. My crush reached out to me. Like all of a sudden life is like flipped upside down and it's amazing. What else do you have? And it kind of opens the door to, oh, there's something more out here than what we've been taught in life. So Yeah, um, it was funny because one of the big things with me and the ladies I work with is everyone who comes into my world is like, I want freedom. You know, I want to be able to pick up my laptop and go anywhere. And it's like, okay, so you want that. But then on the other side of things, you're like, I want all these one-to-one clients and all these group programs. And I'm like, so are you just going to sit in front of a pool on your laptop? Like that, does that seem fun to you? And so one of the big things that I've been doing is even implementing into my business now and talking to my clients a little about like, how are you going to implement these things that you want to do into your business now? So um, the episode this week, I recorded from the bathtub and the audio wasn't like super great, but I mean, it's like a start and it's like next time it'll be better. And the whole point is that, you know, that allows me to maybe not sit in like in my office with my microphone. And obviously I'm not going to do my interviews from the bathroom, (laughs) but you know, it's, it allows you to create that freedom for yourself. And right before I went in there, you know, I looked at my shelf and I was going to grab a different, like a different crystal, but I had a yellow jade that really spoke to me. And I was just like, okay, okay. And, um, like I'm still one of those people who it's like I know what some of them are. Like my daughter, her middle name is Citrina, named after the citrine stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I I ended up like like I'll look like I'll I know what some of them are, but then some of them I'm like, okay, but like why is this one calling to me? And I'll look it up. And I believe it's solar plexus with that one, isn't it? Yes. Which is really funny because with my human design, like it's completely undefined. Like I don't have anything even touching it at all. And so I store a lot of shit in my solar plexus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That makes sense on why that calls to you too. Because, you know, when we are so undefined in certain areas, there's, we're so open to, you know, everything and when we can just have a little bit of stability with that crystal kind of keeping us at that frequency it makes a world of a difference i have um only two defined centers in my chart and the rest is all open so like i'm constantly like 
taking things in. So I'm, the crystals have really helped me to just kind of maintain some frequencies in certain areas, um, some more than others, but um, it's been, crystals have been an interesting journey. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Um, my throat is defined. And then is it your G, G center? G is that what it's called? I was like, I don't know. I don't know if it's G center or G force, but <laughs> um, so yeah, those are the two that I have defined. Um, and then the other ones all have like, at least like something leading to it, like something connected, but yeah, my solar plexus is absolutely nothing. But, um, so in that case, is there like when you have crystals, like, I mean, because with those, you know, can I put all of those into my bra and into my pockets, like for all of those empty places, <laughs> like or undefined places? Like, is there something with people that it's like, because I know there's some crystals you're not supposed to put together, but can it fuck you up if you have too many crystals around you? So it's very interesting. So I don't really go by the rule that any of the crystals shouldn't be together because they will naturally just not feel right next to each mm -hmm. other if they're not meant to work to each, with each other. But I've also had times like, cause I'll keep mine in like this whole, I do like a rice bowl, dry rice with like some sage in it to keep my crystals in to cleanse them when I'm not using them. And none of them have ever been like, Ooh, don't put me next to that one. Um, cause they mm -hmm. literally start talking to me, which is, I thought it was insane at first, but it's, it's been an interesting journey with them. Um, but the, um, there are some things that can happen if you're using the crystals either too much or too much at once. Um, and I have a personal experience with that. When I first moved here to Florida, um, I, you know, I was setting up my room and I was excited to put all my crystals and pack them and make sure they got here safely. And I've got, you know, big pieces and small pieces and pieces that have mine myself. And I was putting them all around my room and making things cool. And I made this little grid under my bed um, to really just like make things even more amazing. Um, and then I couldn't sleep for a week <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Is it this new place? What's going on? And so I like sat and meditated and they're like, the crystals are too much. You've got too much going on. I'm like, okay, too much energy in one small space with that. So I had to take the grid out and then add in some grounding crystals to it. So it wasn't just like quartz and amethyst making me like fly away. <laughs> um, I needed some like, um, some shungite on there actually was what I added to keep me grounded. And that immediately made a difference. I slept like wonderful that night. Um, so sometimes when I bring new crystals in, I have like too much energy. Actually, I just bought one um, the other day. It was carnelian. It's really beautiful. Like it's like the size of carnelian, which is um, works really well with passion and our um, womb healing. It works with the sacral center. So it's really good for emotional release and inner child healing um, and anything to do with the libido too. So I was using it for like creativity and passion and um set it next to my bed because that seemed to make sense to me but then i wasn't sleeping because it was too much energy um next to my bed so now i had to put it in like my office area um so there are times like that where you can have too much of the energy that's kind of um working against you a little bit and then there's times where we just need to take a break from them all together and like put them all away put like take your bracelets off for the day and just remember what it's like to not have them on because, you know, crystals are a tool. You still have to do the inner work. Um, they're not a, you can't, a lot of people just bypass by using crystals and they're like, oh, my life is fixed now because I've got a crystal for that. Um, but that's not really how it works. Like there's amazing crystals and there's one for everything that you could possibly think of, but you also have to do the inner work. So um, sometimes we have to just step away from them and remember like, 
okay, this is what I'm actually feeling right now. And it feels like shit. I'm sitting in the void. I feel depressed and get like really clear on what we're feeling so that we can process the emotion. And then once we're clear on what it is that we're truly working through and why we're working through it, like what is this wound? What, what got triggered? What, um, where did this come from? Why is this here again? And then, um, and then after you've processed it, then be like, okay, now I can bring my crystal back in to help bring me back up because I've already processed the emotion. Now I'm just healing from it. Um, so I, I do a lot of that <laughs> teaching with my clients. Like there's a crystal for everything, but don't use them for everything. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one of the like things that I have going on right now is like, I have two altars in my office for different things, but I think sometimes the crystals on them are a little much. And because like, I mean, yes, they help with those undefined centers, but I was kind of like, you know what? Like, I think I only have one for my throat chakra and it's like when I walk in here and it's, it's funny. Cause like I can walk out of my office and be fine. As soon as I walk into my office, it's like, I have this like feeling in my throat that like just feels heavy. And I'm like, and that's why I wanted to ask you the question of like, can there be too much? Because I think that's one of the things I have going on right now is there's just so much going on in here. Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. And even really just like sitting with specific crystals and be like, all right, is it time to put you away for a while? Or like, is one of them pooling in a way that isn't enhancing, especially with your throat? Um, because you probably need less throat or crystals because you're defined there. Mm -hmm. But um, it's still nice to have because just because it's defined, we can still kind of fluctuate because we're human. Um, <laughs> but the... Um, yeah, that could definitely be, I would say just kind of tune in and really just ask them or like meditate and be like, all right, what do I need to do with this? Um. Yeah. And so, you know, because I know you said, um, I think it was before we jumped on, you said you're really drawn to shadow work right now. So how are you utilizing your crystals into your shadow work and just shadow work in general? Like, how are you really utilizing that in your personal life, in your business? How has that transformed for you? I know you touched on it a little bit, but I think there's probably something deeper there. <laughs> if that's what you're into right now, right? Like as I think as we um, really connect with different things within our businesses, you know, but like I said, with the dimensions and stuff, it's like, I become all encompassed into like, I absolutely love talking about that. And all of a sudden you see how it relates to everything else. And you're like, oh, this all makes sense now. Right, right. Well, so the shadow work thing, like I said, it kind of came from just facing my fears. Um, but in 2020, I really started working with a mentor on feminine healing and uh, womb healing and diving deep because I was in my like, I was masculine energy, like all the way, like work, 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 and never take a break. And then I was like, oh, I need to rest, but I'm going to rest and work. And like, it just, I was killing me. Um, so then I went to the feminine side and I learned how to like bring out my inner feminine and do the womb healing. And, um, but then I got too far into that too. So I had to come back and balance them both. But um, in that process, I was learning about womb healing, which is something I teach now too. Um, and all the things, things that we've been storing in our womb as women like our womb is our power center that is like our our house for our <laughs> our power like it's like our inner place and um and if you think about it like if reincarnation is a thing and past lives are a thing and we bring 
a child into our life and we get pregnant and it like somewhere along the way a soul comes into our body and if that's the case there's some kind of portal in our womb that's this cosmic portal to the you know unknown to bring this little soul in so like our womb is like this cosmic portal <laughs> and we haven't been taught in our society to take care of it or we've been taught that you know our cycles are dirty or we should be ashamed when we get our period or you know we're too much for the world because we're PMSing and moody and emotional and all these things that are like beautiful sacred things about the woman and being a woman. And um, so I learned a lot about that. And in doing that, I started working through wounds that I'd been holding in my womb. And that led me deeper into shadow work, like uncovering, you know, father wounds and mother wounds and wounds with or wounds with like the sisterhood, why I never trusted women and inner child things and all like all these little these wounds that were held in this little bottle in my hips that's like it was like this rock just sitting there all these years and as I started doing the shadow work it's like one little thing came off and then one little thing came off and I could move easier and I could breathe easier and then I started like holy crap like I actually do love this life and things are okay I can do this and I am more powerful than I realized um and it turned into really diving deeper and with shadow work the beautiful thing with shadow work, which is also equally a pain in the ass, um, you can always go deeper with something. Like you're like, oh, I have this wound. Okay, where did it start? Well, the first time that I like, um, what's a good example? Um, jealousy. The first time I like felt jealousy, you know, I was a teenager and then I'm like, okay, but it had to come from somewhere. Like, where did that come from? And then I went further and I was like, oh, well, when I was 10, I like, a bunch of my family, I moved away and they were gone. And I was like, I didn't matter anymore. And that turned into, oh, it's not actually jealousy. It's actually an abandonment wound. And then I'm like, well, okay, so that was 10. What had to have happened before that? Because that wasn't the first time, like did it happen before that? And I went back and I'm like, oh, when I was four, you know, my parents used to go with their social butterflies and they went and did these parties as adults do. And they left me with people that I didn't want to stay with because I didn't get along with them, or I just didn't feel comfortable there. I'm an introvert. And because I'm sensitive to energy, I, you know, I prefer just being in my room coloring by myself. Like I didn't like just leave me at the house alone. I know you couldn't at four, but you know, like, and obviously they did nothing wrong by doing their adult thing. But my four-year-old brain was like, I begged not to go stay at this place. And I was left at this place and I cried and I cried and cried. And it felt like 18 weeks before they got home, even though they were only gone for like six hours. Um, so that was like an abandonment thing. And for a long time, I thought it was there. And that was where this started. And then like I went months and then I was like, oh, it goes deeper. Um, so I went back even further to like when I was in the womb and I um, wanted to start the party early. So I kicked my mom in her liver, sent her to the ER, and then I was cut out of her. And like, she didn't even get to like hold me or see me because she was so out of it uh, when I was first born. And like, but when we're like, most of our abandonment wounds stem from birth, even healthy births, because, you know, we're being taken from this super safe, loving place. And now we're out in this like, holy crap, what the hell is this place? It's bright. There's people touching me. They're like spanking me and doing all these things like, <laughs> going on, you know? Um, and that's like our first breath of abandonment. Um, and obviously there's nothing wrong with it. It's just natural. Like, right. There's like, mom did nothing wrong by needing a C-section. It's not her fault. Um, but 
it left these things. So um, shadow work really started like taking things like deeper and deeper and deeper. And when you get to the root of what's going on, that's when you can really like work through it. You come to terms with it. Um, you don't even need to know all the answers. It's just understanding like this is where it started and where it stemmed from. And I can start to love this piece of myself whole again. I think that's like the key with shadow work. It's not about looking and finding all these pieces that are wrong with you. It's about self-love. It's about, you know, I want to love myself deeper. I want to feel complete. Like most of the women I work with, their biggest thing is like, I feel unfulfilled in life. I feel incomplete and I know I need to love myself deeper, but I've tried meditation. I've tried the self-help books. I've used the Oracle cards. I've tried crystals. Something's not working. What's going on? And then I'm like, well, have you tried shadow work? They're like, well, what the heck is that? Sounds terrifying. Well, it can be. <laughs> um, but, you know, when we're doing shadow work, we're trying to, you know, we're looking at the pieces of ourselves, the aspects of ourselves that we feel have been rejected by society or we're afraid will be rejected. So we've pushed them away and shoved them like deep into this dungeon and locked them away, threw away the key. And we're like, we're gonna pretend this never exists. Like our manipulation, our codependency, our anxiety, our sexual kinks, our, um, you name it, something that you're not gonna be like, hi, my name's Candace and I am a manipulator. <laughs> like <laughs> you're not gonna introduce yourself as this type of thing. It's probably a repressed piece of yourself, a shadow. Um, and so the journey with shadow work, the goal of shadow work is to unlock that dungeon and recognize what aspects of ourself we've left behind there so that we can love them you know, it's not necessarily about fixing them, but it's just loving that part. Like, okay, I'm codependent. I'm codependent because I'm afraid of being abandoned. So let me love that inner child who is so afraid of being abandoned and just love her and let her know that she's safe and she's loved and she's cared for. And I'm sorry that she's ever felt, you know, anything other than that. And loving that little piece of ourself so that that shadow can start to raise its frequency and eventually it just kind of disappears um and then we can like climb the self-love ladder back up but if we're leaving pieces of us behind we're never going to feel complete in our journey so that's where the shadow work thing really became a <laughs> game changer in my world yeah and so how does that relate to um is shadow work and timeline therapy like similar? Cause I know I've had timeline therapy done and I actually, there was this big, you know, thing when, um, I got pregnant cause my boyfriend was like a hundred percent sure that we were having a boy. And so there was lots of people who thought we were having a boy. People were buying us like, and making us like boy things. And I'm like, she's, it's a girl. Like I said, I've seen her cause I had done timeline therapy mm -hmm. and I'm like, I I've seen her already. Like I've connected with her she hasn't even been conceived yet. And I'm like, no, I knew in June, we like, she wasn't conceived till like October, November. And in June, um, last year, I was like, no, she like, it's a girl. Like I've connected with her. I've seen her. And he's like, you're crazy. And then like, <laughs> she comes, she comes out a girl. And it was so funny. Cause my dad, when I was born, he had that, but he's like, yeah, it was like a split second where I was like, then I was happy. And my boyfriend's like, I was like, completely in love with her he's like but it took me about 15 minutes to like <laughs> Rose says like the look on his face because I had a c-section too and the look on his face when like they she came out and they're like it's a girl and he's like 
wide eyes. He's like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> oh, yep, we're sure. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, the um, the timeline hypnosis, like the regression, like whole, the timeline therapy is such a, it's a really good tool. Um, and shadow work isn't all that. It's like timeline um, therapy is a part of shadow work. Um, so it's kind of like shadow works, like the umbrella, and that's one of the tools that falls under it. Um, mm -hmm. But I, it tends to be that a lot of our shadows stem from our childhood, um, because from you know one to seven years old, everything that we've we're absorbing like sponges, everything is truth to us. So when a parent comes in and you know they've had a really rough day at work, they come in and they're like, sit down and shut up. Like, I don't wanna hear from you. All of a sudden as like five-year-old little us, we're like, oh, well, I'm supposed to be quiet. And then it ends up for the next 30, 40 years of our life, we're afraid <laughs> to use our voice. And we sit in the corner and we play mouse because we're very, like that's how we were programmed to be. Um, so it's not, and then we get to, you know, realize that oh that's not what that meant that's just a normal parent thing to be like coming home and life is happening they didn't intend to hurt us or you know program us in that way but um it happens so a lot of our wounds stem from things that happen in our childhood so um and then there's also things that stem from you know relationships like wounds from previous relationships that happen in our adult life too um so shadow work involves going into the past a lot um which is why it can be so scary too, because the biggest piece of shadow work is learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable. The more that we can sit in the void and be like, all right, today I feel like shit. I wanna burn everything down. I wanna lay on the floor. I don't have enough energy to even like shower today. Like I'm just gonna lay here and cry and be okay with that feeling and understand that it's temporary and it's part of the healing process. and you know, our tears are just emotions. It's just energy leaving our body. Some people go for runs to release energy. Sometimes we cry to release energy. It's just how it works. Um, and that is kind of an, a necessary part of working through our our processes because, you know, if we're, we're healing these wounds, we have to feel it. Like we can't heal it if we're not feeling it. And sometimes the feeling part is just, it doesn't feel good. Um, so like I spent the last two years feeling like shit a lot because I was hardcore into my shadow work. But then, man, when I was feeling good, I was finally experiencing pleasure and bliss and ecstasy in my life and just naturally being me because now my energy has cleared so much because I let go of all that shit that was holding me back um and of course you know it comes in waves there's times like this year's been pretty intense for most people um and uh, that's just kind of part of it but you can't expect to feel you know those great bliss you know feelings if you're not willing to feel the grief and the the pain too so it's kind of you can stay here in your comfort zone and be like oh i'm content or you can go down that's why the book's called the descent to find the light um, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah and I think that's one of the things is um I think the book the secret did a lot of us a disservice um because of the laws of attraction and it's like you know you ask for it you just believe in it and you receive it but you know it's like I mean this is what I got from the book when I was young and even when I've like watched the videos of it it's like 
you have to be positive. You have to like have positive thoughts. And it's, it doesn't teach about that important piece of holding the duality that you can ask, you can believe, and you can receive while you're still working through the shit. Because, you know, I've, I've seen people and I've like, you know, used to be like this in the past where you have a negative thought come in and it's like, oh no, no, no. Like, and you try and like stop it and block it and throw something happy on top, but really it stops that flow. And like energy, like emotion is energy in motion. Right. And so if you don't allow it to flow through your body and just feel it, and maybe, you know, it's like a feeling of nothing. Maybe it's like crying. Like you said, whatever it is, maybe it's angry. You need to go like scream outside. But at the end of the day, if you try and stop it and throw positivity on it as like a bandaid, you know, it's going to hang out inside your body. And now it's going to create even more shit that you have to block and deal like block out and deal with and rip apart. Yeah, exactly. And that's like, I so I talk about that a lot in the book, because there's, you know, journal entries. So in a really short Symnosis here, whatever the word is. Um, synopsis. <laughs> yes, that. Um, you know, I went under contract at the end, I think it was November 2019, on my house to sell in 30 days to this buyer. I had to move out for, you know, closing and everything. But it was middle of winter. There was a delay because it was around Christmas time. The buyer was homeless and had nowhere to go. And I couldn't be in the house, but I was afraid the pipes would freeze. So I agreed for him to move in um, and pay rent before the house closed. He agreed, signed a contract, everything. We did that for two weeks. Then it was delayed again. And then it was delayed again. And then it turned into him never actually being able to buy the house. And it was a 16 month battle of him destroying the house and being a hoarder and not paying rent and this whole crazy thing. And, um, one, if I had just listened to my gut the first time and not gone with that seller or that buyer, none of this would have happened, but I listened to my head instead of my heart. Uh, (laughs) Um, but that whole process, you know, in the in my book, I talk like you see the journal entries where I'm like, okay, I'm stressed out about this, and um, but I'm going to use affirmations. I'm going to use my oils, and I'm going to use my crystals. I'm going to be like everything's okay because I need to maintain my energy so that I can allow this house to close and I can bring in money. And then like you know, a couple months later, nothing's changed and it's just getting worse. And I'm like, shit. Um, okay, what else do I need to do to like raise my vibration? And then that's when it was like oh, I don't need to raise my vibration. I need to actually work through the shit that's keeping me from receiving abundance, but that's not about raising my vibration. It's just about looking at the masks and the layers that are keeping me, keeping my heart closed. Um, And so I went from like very much emotional bypassing things to uh, getting way down in there um, (laughs) and getting to like the root of a lot of things. And still, even still, it wasn't like a, magical oh i looked at my shit and now things are better it's like okay like four months down the road all of a sudden it's like i quantum leapt through things and you can see how all these miracles kind of manifested in my life because i did the work but it wasn't overnight and it you know i think a lot of times like we think about manifestation and stuff like it's not it's not like that it's not simple and a lot of times what we're asking for (laughs) it's trying to be given to us like i you know one of my things i say in my prayers every day is asking, you know, what is for me to come for me and what is not for me to leave gracefully. And that's when like, you know, you have the relationships where you're like, mm, this probably isn't going to work, but um, I don't want to let go of it because it's, you know, 
giving me the validation and all the things that I'm looking for right now. Um, but then like, I'm, you know, you're praying and you're asking for things to let go. And then you're like, why is this, you know, all of a sudden we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting because the universe is like time to let go. Um, so a lot of times we're, what we're asking for, we're not allowing ourselves to receive either um, because we're, you know, trying to manifest it in a specific way. So it's all about like mm -hmm. surrendering, like let go of the expectations and just be and let things fall into place because you literally can't screw anything up that's for you. So um, that's yeah. what <laughs> and one of the things I was listening to right before, um, you know, we got on today was um, the like recording I was listening to was of someone saying like, you know, you can create changes in your life, but if you don't actually heal and change the beliefs, like it, you know, two years down the road, it's going to come back because the belief hasn't been healed. It hasn't changed. And you might think like, you know, like you said, the manipulative thing, it's like, you might be like, I'm not manipulative anymore. And like, internally, you're trying to tell yourself, like, you're trying to change these things. So you don't be manipulative, you create consciousness around it, but you haven't actually healed and changed the belief as to I'm not manipulative, like I'm becoming, you know, like you said, that opposite side of like, what is the opposite of manipulation? And it's like, I'm a giving person and really going into the deep stuff. But I think, you know, I think the word limiting belief has become such a trendy thing to say. And it's like, I'm going to help you release your limiting beliefs. And I think people are really over it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to release my limiting beliefs, but like, what does that mean? And I, like you said, like people are trying to manifest things where they're like, I want this. And then when it seems like it's not working, all of a sudden they shift and they're changing their mind. And I always say like, you know, you have this fifth dimension. Do you follow the dimensions at all? I do. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, I always say to like my clients and like, I have a recording, like or a podcast episode on this. I said, like Google a fit five dimensional object. And all of a sudden you see all these different pathways. It's like, if you're vibrating in the fifth dimension, that is how all these different things come to you. It's not one linear way that it can come, but you're trying to control it. And so I said, what's happening to so many people is they're like, I desire this. And I said, you have a whole bunch of like half built homes <laughs> in the fifth dimension because you can't make up your fucking mind. Right, <laughs> That's what right. you want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that was something that I was experiencing too with that house thing, because for so long it was like, I'm going to sell it to this person. And it's like, I'm going to sell, it's going to sell. And I was like using the affirmations of I'm closing my house, I'm closing my house. And then it got to the point where I'm like, I don't want to sell to this person. Like they're destroying the home. It's going to be bad for the community. And so then I'm like, now I need to rid myself of this person. And like, I'm clearing my energy of this person. And then I was doing that and that seemed to be working. And then all of a sudden there was another thing with the whole court thing that, cause I ended up going to court over it. And, um, now there's possibility of him closing again. And so I was like, oh no, like what choice do I make? So I had to get really clear on like, what the hell do I want? Do I want to like be proud that I sold my house to this like <laughs> ski squatter ruining <laughs> my life? Like, no, like I don't want that. Like, no, get real clear on it. Um, and that's where I think like, I, I love the journal work or the shadow work side of things. And journaling has been like my number one tool for all of it because, um, one, it's in my human design that, you know, I have a single definition. So I bounce things off myself most of the time. Um, and typically in a journal, 
but and I'm like that too. I bounce things off myself, but through voice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, when we get super clear on anything, you know, whether it's why we want something. So like, for me, we were talking about freedom earlier, like freedom is like my number one thing in life. Like it's what makes me feel lit up and excited. It's like full body. And I wasn't experiencing that when I was in the corporate job. And then, you know, I wanted it, I wanted it, but it's like, why do I want freedom? What is it about it that is actually calling me in? And it was like, the, the more that I dove into like all the little aspects and like made the notes and the lists of like, these are all the reasons I want freedom. What it really came down to is I want financial freedom so that I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to be tied anywhere. And in my world, that looked like getting rid of a lot of things, a lot of my material things, selling my house and getting rid of all these things so I don't have these bills that I don't need anymore. Um, and that was what freedom started looking like to me, financial freedom versus like calling in millions of dollars. Like, yeah, that would be great too. But in the meantime, like this was like, you have to be open to you know, get clear on it and then be open to how the universe serves it up. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many people that I see where I'm like, like they're like, oh, I want this to happen, want this to happen, want this to happen. And I'm like, well, it's like literally knocking on your door. Why aren't you opening it? <laughs> like, it's right here for you. Are you not seeing it? Because let me show you. Um, and then they're like, oh, well, it wasn't like it's wearing a different suit than I thought it was going to. Yeah, that's the way the universe game works. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's one of the big things is we, like you said, like, like we've both been saying, like, you, we try and control it. You know, it has to come this way. You know, you see so many people are like, I want to make like millions in, in my business. <laughs> and it's like, okay. And so, you know, you have all these other opportunities for, you know, money to come to you. Like you said, like the finances, it's like, well, I have to rid myself of all this other stuff for like that to come into my life for the freedom. And I really think freedom is different for everyone. It's just, what does freedom mean for you? Some people, you know, it's, just the financial freedom side of things. Some people it's like, I just want to be on a beach. I don't care where I just want to be on a beach. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I had, I found that I was, um, had coming up in a visualization was this one home and it was like by my sister out in British Columbia. And I'm like, I don't want a house there. <laughs> I want a house in Mexico, you know, where I am. And then a house in Mexico, and all of a sudden it started coming through as I was listening more, dropping into my heart more versus my head. And it was like, oh, but what if you, you know, for three to four months of the year, you started to like, you know, spent that time traveling the world. Do you want to travel? You know, what if you rented very beautiful like Airbnbs and you could be, you know, in these beautiful homes, but you weren't stuck in one place because you want freedom. And it's just you know, really listening to the universe and saying, okay, like, you know, doing a visualization, seeing what you desire, and then taking one step forward at a time. And sometimes what I'll do to my clients is um, like, we have nine foot ceilings, but um, where our staircases, it's like 18 feet. And so what I'll do is if my clients are trying to get too ahead of themselves, I'll like go over because there's 16 stairs to from our main floor to our upstairs. I'll like put my like computer like 
over the edge. And I'm like, you are going to fall. <laughs> like, you know, if you want to jump up two steps at a time, you want to like, you know, quantum leap, that's great. But like, you're at the bottom of this staircase right now. And you're trying to jump to the top using the same tools that you have right now. And you aren't doing any work. You aren't bringing in any new tools. Like, sure, if you want to like put an elevator in, that's great. But you aren't at the point, like there is no elevator here. <laughs> right, right. Like you can wait for the elevator too, or just learn to one step at a time. Cause that's yeah. the thing. Like we just, we stand in our own way so much and, you know, there's, we can get super clear on, you know, what it is that we're, I use, so I, I teach this triple A method and it's, um, acknowledge, accept and take action. Um, because, you know, we have to acknowledge that something's not working for us or where we're standing in our own way. And then we have to accept it and be like, instead of shaming us for like crap for the last nine months, I've been doing this. And <laughs> I wonder I'm not getting anywhere. Um, instead of shaming ourselves, it's like, okay, this is where I'm at and I get it. And now I don't want to do that anymore, but what do we do from here? And then you find the action plan and you're like, all right, baby steps, let's move forward, you know? And, lists have always been like i'm a visual learner so anytime i can put something into a list or write it down in front of me like that is like <laughs> all of a sudden i'm like i can do this but if it's not in a list or it's not written down somewhere it's literally it just i'm like i stay stuck um mm -hmm. it's actually funny i used to when i was in um i remember when i was in middle school i don't know i don't know where it came from i just started doing it one day I always kept colored pencils on me because just did because you're an introvert and you liked to be in your bedroom it was, coloring. Yeah, it was soothing. It was just like my all, yeah, my tests, like a lot of times if I didn't know the answers, I just started coloring on them. I got in trouble a lot for that. But the teachers were like, all right, um, you're not destroying things. You're just doodling. Um, <laughs> so I started, I would get like pieces of paper and I'd be like, I don't feel good today. Why don't I feel good? And I would start like, do you remember the bubble letters we used to all kind of do? And, yes. <laughs> um, so I would do that with, you know, different colors. I'd be like, I'm mad and then I'm anxious or I'm depressed or I'm sad or, and I'd write it all out in different colors. And sometimes I'd like doodle them in with like polka dots or stripes or whatever. Um, and then I'd like kind of look at it. I'm like, well, why am I mad? And it's like, well, so-and-so was like this today or I didn't get to, you know, eat my full lunch because I was running late or, you know, I got bullied for this or something. And I'd go through each of the bubble lettered emotions and I'd write underneath of them, like why I was feeling that way. And then I'd take like a step back and I look at it. I'm like, well, shit, none of that even matters. Like, why am I feeling any of this? And then I'd be like, okay. And I'd like ball it up and throw it in the trash. I'm like, oh, I feel better. Um, and that was like something I started doing at like 13, 14 years old when I was working through depression in my life. And um, now it's like it's something i still do <laughs> um, it still works it still is like oh okay well this is how i work through shit. um because in my journal like man like a lot of times if i don't know what i'm feeling but i just know something doesn't feel right i'll open my journal a lot of times i keep it on my phone like in the little um note section mm -hmm. and i just date it and i just like ramble like even this morning i was feeling off this morning i was like really don't have any reason to be feeling the way that I'm feeling what's going on. So I just went in there and I'm like, what am I feeling? And then I just started answering myself. I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling like a little let down and I'm feeling this and I'm a little confused. And Oh, the confusion is where the anxiety is coming from because that clarity piece is like what takes away the anxiety. Uh, so then it like turned into this whole long thing. And afterwards I was like, 
I'm ready to dance now. Like I got all the <laughs> energy back. I feel whole again. Um, and it was from five minutes of journaling. So, um, yeah, like finding the tools that work for us. Kind of like we were talking about crystals. It's, you know, crystals aren't for everybody. Journaling's not for everybody, although it's for most people. But, um, you know, most people just, there's a, a block to journaling um, because they're afraid that somebody's going to read it. So it like creates this, this fear around it, or they feel like they're going to mess up. They're going to do it wrong. Um, that's what I've encountered most of my clients. There's like a couple reasons why they don't want to journal. Um, but once they do, then they're like, oh i get it like mm -hmm. you have to be an avid journaler every day but when you're in your you're stuck and you can't seem to find clarity to take your next baby step sometimes you just gotta put it on paper and get it off your chest because everything's energy just like our words and our thoughts are like spinning in here when you can take them off your chest and put them on the paper suddenly you're no longer spinning and you're like i can breathe again okay mm -hmm. even if the journal doesn't make sense like then that's what you'll see a lot in my book like there's some days where i'm like very clear and it could pretty much be turned into a blog and then other days where it's like what the hell is she doing like she on crack <laughs> all over the place the exclamation points are like this way and like she's insane she's probably insane um and some days it feels like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know for myself I'm like not super into journaling I do find a lot of it is like even for myself, if something's going through on my business, one of the things that I find is that if you went back through like my notebooks and stuff, a lot of the time I'm just like writing the same thing over and over again. And it's because I haven't actually dealt with it. It's like, I can look at it, but as soon as I get onto a call with like my coach, a colleague, something like that, and I just like talk it out, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, okay. Like you know, I, I solve my own problem, but that's because like, I'm a, um, a self-projected projector. And you know, when I've read about my thing, it's like, your thing is you need to talk it out. You need to talk yourself in circles right. in order to get it out. But it comes back to, like I was saying before is, you know, when it comes to manifestation, for example, it's really getting clear on, well, why does that work for that person? You know, like journaling, it works for a lot of people. Um, a lot of my clients journal and I say to them, like, there's a reason that it works for you energetically. There's something there. And it's kind of like the people who you see, they're like, I do a gratitude list and I'll ask them like, okay, so, you know, when you do that gratitude list, how do you feel? And they're like, oh, well, I'm just doing it. Cause I'm supposed to like, you know, I'm supposed to write down like 10 things a day. And I'm like, yeah, that's why it's not working. You know, because you aren't like the whole point is that you're supposed to be feeling the right. gratitude of it. And they're like, oh, and I'm like, so if that's not working for you right now, like what is another way that you can experience gratitude? So you're calling that in. And so I shared in my last episode, um, the five things that I did to hit six figures in a few months last year and like to within the first three months of the year, like. I hit six figures and I said, like, what was I doing at that time? And in the mindset piece, I said, like, there was three things that really made me get clear on, you know, I was visual visualizing like what I wanted, but also being grateful. And it's like, so that physiology and I don't know if you've like, um, do you follow Tony Robbins? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with his like triad thingy or whatever, um, in regards to like the physiology um, the words and the tone of voice when it talks about like 
what is going to make the biggest shift for you. And so when I looked at, you know, and cause I haven't really looked at that. It's just, I think that we get into doing these patterns and then all of a sudden we feel really good. And then we stop doing it because yeah. we like forget what was working. Right. And, and so I was like looking for myself. I'm like, okay, so like, what were those things? And it was like the gratitude, the visualization, visualization of the future, the, you know, I am statements of who I am today. Sometimes I hear people saying like, you know, speaking into the future of like, I am a multimillionaire. And to me, my subconscious mind is like, no, you fucking aren't. (laughs) Right. So for me, that doesn't work, you know, but if you throw that word, like I am becoming this, um, you know, then sometime like, then that can be the shift for you. So to me, it was like the, I am statements. And then the third thing was, oh, um, because I have a letter that I read to myself that is like clear on, you know, that clarity. And it's, so it's like, I kind of made sure that I covered all the pieces, the words, the tone of voice, um, the embodiment of how I show up. And for me, that works. Whereas for someone else, I can't give you, like, I can give you like my, you know, routine that I do every day, but if it doesn't like align with you, um, some of my clients, like, they'll be like, oh, you meditate in the morning. I need to meditate in the morning. And it's like, but do you know why I meditate? Like, right. what can like if you're running out the door because you're still in the nine to five and you wanted to sleep in until like the very last minute, you know, how can you bring what like the way that I feel when I do meditation? Like, how can you implement that into your life so that you're still doing it? You're raising your vibration but not feeling stressed that you just have to meditate because right. Brittany said so. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's what I love too. Like with, with teaching and empowering, you know, women to understand what all tools are out there because there's like, I, I literally started making high vibe toolboxes last year where I've like shipped them to people and it has crystals and meditations and other tools and techniques and all the education on how to use them. That's um, really cool. And then it was for like each of the different chakras. I have a few of them left, but, um, but the purpose is like, all right, these are some different tools to explore and work with and see what works best for you because yeah, everybody's different. Like my mentor, she used to like every morning she would take off like three hours and she would flow and she would do her yoga and like knock it on her phone and do all these beautiful things. Um, and then like at lunchtime that she would hop on and do her thing. And I tried it and I was like, this is not working for me. My best creative, like my brain functions best in the morning, like from nine to 11 by noon, noon to three, it wants a break. Like it wants to go be outside. And that's when I meditate. And that's when I take the time to myself, but it took me a little while to figure out, you know, what worked for me. And sometimes I don't even meditate then. Sometimes I'm just like, I need sunshine. I'll go for a walk. I'll move my body. And then at night I'll meditate. But I also like, nothing is ever, I'm like, (laughs) like a cat like I love boxes but don't like force me into it because Mm -hmm. I'll call my way out um so that works some days and other days like no it's like a whole I can't do routine like it just doesn't work for me so every day looks different in my world um so like there were some key pieces that I took from what she said about like you know when we first wake up in the morning the first 15 minutes is how we set our whole day if you roll over and you look at your phone and you're checking your email and you're looking at Facebook and checking all the things you start creating this anxiety of all this shit you have to do and all these like 
people-pleasing tendencies start to form and then you spend the first 15 minutes of your day stressed out and then you know it's setting you up for a day where now you're gonna have to work through that um so i learned that from it and i'm like okay well i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna go outside and we used to have these vines on the house and i would like play with them and twist them and like i'm like oh you're doing so good today look how fast you grew overnight and like literally talking to them was like a little <laughs> plant which people still are thinking it was crazy because i was talking to the plants every morning um <laughs> i'm like you have no idea how crazy i am <laughs> if you want to life, also talk to my rocks um, <laughs> um, but that was like the that worked for me and get like my coffee or my tea or whatever and then i would go to the computer and i'd dive right in and then i'd like work in chunks but i also realized that's why i couldn't work well in an office the nine to five thing was destroying me because one it's literally the office is a box and i can't do boxes and i you know i was forced to be there's so many ways it didn't work but you know my energy doesn't naturally flow nine to five like it and taking a break at lunch doesn't do it for me like i need like three hours and then i'll crank out and even now like in my work most weeks i work like three days and in those three days i'm working like i don't know 9 10 a.m till 11 p.m at night just doing random shit that requires is you know business there's there's never not something to do there's always <laughs> something to be doing right so it doesn't feel like work all the time, but I am putting in like these huge chunks of time for like three days. And then I go and I'm like off in nature for a few days. Cause most of the time I'm out in the tent in the woods somewhere meditating or, you know, exploring or creating footage that I can bring back. And um, when I'm in the woods or just with nature, um, that's when I'm the clearest channel for a spirit. And a lot of the messages come through then that really help my clients. And that's what I'm doing this business for anyway. So it doesn't, it's a disservice to, the world if I feel like I have to be working five days a week um, when really the magic happens when I'm just being and taking the time for me. So um, like my everything looks totally different and it's different for every person, too. So um, it's it's interesting, like just the different tools and stuff, too. Like I got really into essential oils for a while and they worked really well for me in 2020. Last year, I didn't use them at all. <laughs> I, had all these <laughs> I wasn't using them at all. Now I started implementing them back in here and there. Um, but there's, you know, it doesn't always, it's not everybody's thing. It's just kind of like mm -hmm. food. You know? Like, I really love sushi, but some people despise it. That's okay. I'll still eat it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's really funny because you, you were saying how people think you're crazy, right? And my boyfriend used to just roll his eyes when I would you know, go put my crystals during the new moon and the full moon, like on the earth. And I would always bring like a water bottle out there. And like, I would like put that water into like my water bottle and that kind of thing. And, um, we were out for a walk this summer and I was, I said, like, I said to him, I was like, Oh, I was like, I need to, um, you know, I, I forgot my crystals are outside. They've been out for a few days and he's like, Oh, was it a new moon or a full moon? And it's just funny how like, you know, he went from looking at me like I was crazy to now he's like, oh, like is a new moon, full moon? Like, what is it? And I think it's just by allowing ourselves to be ourselves and not care if they right. think that we're crazy. And, you know, you talked about the feminine and masculine energy and creating that balance. And that was one of the things that I really find works really well for me during the day is if I get up and, you know, I connect with my feminine. I like, I really feel that she's the one who 
like is in charge and she's like, this is what I want. And then she tells my masculine, go do it. Yeah, exactly. so, (laughs) So like I wake up in the morning and I connect with her and then she's like, okay, go do this. And I go do that. And like being a projector, I, you know, I'm not supposed to work all day, every day, but you know, I've really allowed myself to see that the creative side of me isn't work for me. Whereas sitting on a call, group coaching, private coaching to me, that's not that it's like work, but I'm, that's where I'm like expelling my energy. Right. Right. And, and so it's like, you know, for me, my morning is I do something feminine and I go, you know, then I go make the move. Then I go grab my coffee and it's like, I enjoy and I tap back into the feminine. Then I go move again. And so for me, that's what really works in creating that balance, but it's different for everyone, right? Like you, like you said, like you working, you know, you have your like working, you know, 17 hours or whatever it is and really being into like, you know, your creative juices are in the morning. Whereas for me very much at night, I've always been a night owl, um, working like when I worked at the hospital and that kind of thing, cause I'm an x-ray tech by trade. I wanted night shifts and it, it's because I just love the calm of night. And that's when my brain, like my brain shuts off and my heart goes, but I also need to make sure that whatever comes through, I write down because the next morning comes and I'm like, what was I thinking about? I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's interesting too. So, um, I, in one of my programs, I have a six week program that, um, it's called radiate from within. It's for women to, who are feeling uninspired or unfulfilled and they're not sure where to start. Um, typically they've, you know, tried a couple of things, but it's like six weeks of courses and coaching and takes them through everything. Um, but one of the things in there, most of them have been operating out of their masculine energy for so long because, you know, a lot of our society is, um, and retraining them, like reconnecting them with their feminine and then teaching them like dance and moving your hips and like go twerk and go like have fun in the mirror for 20 minutes. And I guarantee you, you're going to start laughing and feeling alive again. Like seriously, like one song replay it twice. And then you're going to be like, okay, I feel better. Um, because you're just having fun and silly. And, but the science behind it is we're moving our hips, which stores a lot of our, our energy. Um, and (laughs) it's, it's fun watching like, I really enjoy teaching women to come back to their their sensuality and their pleasure and their feminine because it's such a transformation and you can see them glowing afterwards. Just that like, wow, like all that pressure of like having to do, do, do is gone and I can just be again. And it's such a like when we can come into balance with that. And, you know, when I first started, like, because like I said, I had gone from super masculine to super feminine and then I had to try Mm -hmm. and find the balance. When I was in there trying to find the balance, I used to have to seduce my masculine to do the work because my (laughs) feminine was like, we really want to just like hang out here and maybe color here in a little while. But in order for me to do that, I've got to create this marketing list. And so I like, can you just masculine, please like do this work and then I'll reward you with coloring. And it was like, okay, fine. It was like this internal like conversation of seducing myself into wanting to do the, the masculine work. Um, so that I can just enjoy the feminine all over again. Um, so there, there's so many different like interesting ways that we we learn to flow with our energy when 
we start tuning into like, what is our why? Why are we doing this? What is the reason for all of this? What makes, why is it that I feel better when I'm, you know, just flowing instead of feeling constricted and which seems to make sense, but for a lot of people, they don't even realize they're constricting themselves. Um, so it's kind of been an eye-opening journey to be able to help women. Like, let's look at this from a bigger picture here. <laughs> um, and, and I think that's a big problem in our industry is um, a lot of women are reading books from men and the masculine side of things. And it, you know, there's a lot of great information in there, but they're not utilizing it to flow with themselves. So they get caught up in the whole idea of, I need to find my why. And they get so caught up in like, like I said, like the, I help statements, I help like someone do this. So I, so they can do this. And it's like, that's nice. But like, really, is that what you do? Like, do you know what you do? And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And, you know, when they can actually see like, well, this is what I help people with, but why do I help people with versus like, you know, it's, um, Simon Sinek does says, start with why. And to me, I'm not always like super on board with that. I'm like, you know, what is it that you help people with and what do you love about it? And then if we can take your story, which obviously I love stories so much and it's like, if we can bring that back to, well, what is your story? That's where the why is. The why is in between there. It's like, you know, you're into crystals, you're into shadow work. Why are you into that? Why do you think it's so important and powerful for other people to work through that? And it's like, it's because that is the shit that's holding them back in life. And you have a story that you've seen this transformation within yourself. And you're like, I want that for other people, you know? Right. And I think a lot of the time that's where the why comes from. And we're like, oh, I just, I, I want this for someone else because I know how powerful it's been for me and I know it's going to change their life. But we get so caught up in starting with, you know, starting with why. Right. And I, I like, if there's anything from my own experience, from my clients, it's like, that's like, that's what's fucking a lot of people up <laughs> it's like they're 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 starting with why and they're not starting with like well what do I want to do what do I want to help people with and connecting the dots and then all of a sudden that's when the limiting beliefs come in. it's like well I can't help someone do this because they're not even going back to what led them to believe that it was possible in the first place and so for yourself um Cause you've talked about the shadow work you've like shared about, um, the crystals and all that kind of thing. How can people, you've shared about the book, how can people work with you? And, you know, I like you, you tell me, cause I know you've told me already, but share with everyone how they can work with you and connect with you. Yeah, definitely. And so, and I think too, we were talking about like the, what you were saying about the why and like the bigger reason of the whole thing. Like I'm a grid worker. So my like biggest thing is connecting with the earth in different locations and helping like the earth heal. And in order to do that, we like as humans have to raise our vibration so that we can raise the vibration of the planet. So my big goal here is to like save the planet once a lot of time so we can bring like you know, if I raise one person to the frequency of love and then they bring the people around them to love and then it creates this ripple of love. And then in the big picture, we're healing the planet 
and what that looks like in my world is teaching shadow work and feminine energy. Um, yeah. And I just want to touch on that too, is like that. I think that's why I draw people into my world the way I do is because that is my big reason is like, I just want to create this like ripple effect in the world is like, if I can help one person, like for ev- like they're going to help others. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's why I say, you know, regarding this podcast, it's like helping women share a message so powerful, we can change the world is because, you know, it's not just me talking to you. It's like, now, like, you're like, my audience is getting to connect with it. All of a sudden, your audience is connecting, like someone else's audience is connecting with it. And it's just like, you know, it's like dropping that stone, dropping that crystal in the water and watching the (laughs) ripple. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I love it. Um, yeah. So, um, anyone that's interested in working with me, I have, um, there's a couple options, but like the biggest things right now, I've got the shadow work class. It's, um, self-paced with lifetime access. So it's two hours jam packed of really what shadow work is, how to get started with it. Um, why it'll transform your life and tips and tools that'll last you a lifetime. Um, in that it's only $65, but it's like you download it once and it's yours forever. And, you'll want to go back to that again and again, because there's so much in it. Um, So that's like the one way. And then um, I also have a women's group that I created a few months ago, because I felt there was such a need for um, a sacred sisterhood where there's, um, we're cultivating self love, and we're celebrating each other, and we're witnessing each other love ourselves so that together, we're like cheering each other on, there's accountability, and just that whole sisterhood where it's a safe group to just share what you need to share. Um, and I go in there and I do live coaching twice a month too, um, like on the spot, helping women with whatever their needs are. Um, and it's only $33 a month. So that's the launch price right now, but, um, it's all on Facebook. So that's going to be like, I'm trying to gear people into that because one, it's at a really low price right now. Um, and two, the more women that we have in there for self-love, the, more powerful it is to be seen in front of these other women being like, I love this about me today, or I'm celebrating this little win, even though it doesn't feel like a win, but it's a win in my world. Um, And being seen for it, because that's a lot of our wounds are not being seen, we try to hide. um, And it's like, no, let's embrace the feminine and pull it out and love on it and just like, let it all out. So, um, and that's the journey with your soul membership. So um, yeah, I'm excited about that. That's awesome. And regarding Instagram, Facebook, where can we find you there? You mentioned your website as well. Obviously, I'll have all the links in the description for people to connect there. But if someone's just like, I need to jump in now, screw the link, I want to like, look her up. Where can we find you in regards to that? Yeah, so I'm like on all the platforms. Um, I spend most of my time in Facebook and the Raise Your Vibes group. Um, I do a lot of free coaching and all kinds of things in there. Um, I also on Instagram, I'm journey with your soul. I post a lot of things in there, but a lot of the times, like my words, the writing is like my magic and Instagram only allows for so much. So it kind of drives me nuts. Um, but I am on there as journey with your soul and it'll lead you to all the places that I have. Um, I'm also on TikTok as journey with your soul, where I've been playing around with lots of fun, little like 30 second, uh, shift your life kind of things. So that's always fun too. Um, but my email or my website is journeywithyoursoul.org. Um, and that's like all my things are on there too. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Cause I like, this is my jam. This is the stuff that I love to talk about. So I've appreciated it so much. I've learned a lot 
And for everyone listening, make sure you go out there and make life your bitch. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Make Life Your Bitch podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with your bestie. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, feedback, or compliments that you want to throw like confetti, you can reach me directly at podcast at makelifeyourbitch.co. Thanks for listening. <laughs>